Are we ready? Mic check one two. Mic check one two one two. <laughs> Mic check one two. What is this? Ninety four five. Back to business. Okay. Hell. Also, it's the ninety four five podcast. You're back with your boy Steve and your boy Chris. What up? Live from Brooklyn. You already know what it is. And uh, today we're gonna do our top fifteen shooting guards of all time. That's right. And also we're gonna throw in, you know, this Royce Royce White commentary. About Melo and LeBron, we got we got we got to talk about that a little bit. We do got to talk about that. I mean, any grown man talking about he gonna smack the shit out of somebody because someone else <laughs> has an opinion on someone else that's not your man, that's not your home. I mean, he, he has a point. Jared Dudley can't hold Carmelo Jockstrap. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to hold Carmelo Jockstrap. Like you're a different breed of man <laughs> if you're out here wanting to hold Jockstraps. Like, <laughs> Those shits are uncomfortable and they get sweaty as all hell. <laughs> Person who had to wear one in basketball and playing baseball growing up. Hey, Chris, <laughs> go put on this uncomfortable thing around your junk. Around your uncomfortable. Okay. It's uncomfortable. Like you gotta say, you gotta say it awkwardly because it doesn't work any other which way. Like you can't just say it and it's like, hey, it's uncomfortable. Like no, you gotta make the word uncomfortable. And if we have time, we might throw in, does anybody even care about USA Basketball this year? I mean, I do. I'm not following, following it. but like, So you I, don't care. No, I care. <laughs> you know why I care? USA. 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 That's why I care. Okay? Okay, Trump. I, you know what? Fuck it. Build a wall. <laughs> if we're talking about basketball, yeah, we're going to build a wall around America. It's going to be huge. It's going to be big. Big wall. Nothing but basketball. Guys, they could jump. It's 12 feet. They don't get it. Trust me. It's going to be a thing. (laughs) All right. We're off the rails. rails. It's it's a Friday unlike an early Saturday or Sunday when we were recording. So, like, this is after work, Chris. I'm a little extra tired. I'm going on about four hours of sleep. And three cups of coffee, so... I'm going, I'm, I'm right with you. I'm probably in about four and a half hours of sleep with no coffee. I don't drink coffee. I'm so sorry. I got a sugar-free Red Bull in my system. No, that's out of my system. I drank that like five hours ago. That's not still here. First of all, that's I'd rather drink show. coffee than drink Red Bull. I do, I do not like the taste of coffee. I'm sorry. The taste of Red Bull is disgusting. It's I, got I, bull, it's got bull semen in there. I, I'm not I, drinking nothing but bull semen it, There's in not there. bull semen in there, first of all. Look, man, I've seen... I, look, the internet doesn't lie, okay? There's bull Wait, semen. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guess what? Women don't lie either. That's not the internet. I've never seen that set on the internet. <laughs> okay. So we're off the rails right now. We're totally off the rails right now. Let's get let, back let, into this. Okay, let's talk from team shooting guards. So, you want to start? Uh, I mean, let's get this out of the way at the beginning. There will be no surprise with number one. It's, it's been MJ. It's MJ. Uh, I was thinking maybe for Christmas we should try and find you know, some pair of Bread 11s. We should wear those, just in honor, you know. Just, just find a nice random day. We we should just buy a pair of bread Elevens each and rock those for a little bit. I think I'd rather rock them Thirteens, but you know, it is what it is. Okay, you know, I'll do the Concords then. Why not? It's not a bad idea. I know. Okay. <laughs> you see this live plans in the motion. We got this. So number one on both on both of our lists is Michael Jordan. For obvious reasons, I don't. Do we need to run down the stats? I don't think so. No, we both know that he's the second greatest player to ever play the game of basketball behind LeBron James. That's debatable. 
Not the second. I, I could argue Kareem's better. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> let's woo. Let's not. You know what? That's gonna have to be our. There's another pod for another. That's for definitely another week. A- after we finish centers, we're gonna have to go to our <laughs> top players of all time and see where we rank all these guys because we're gonna do all well, these positions. Well, clearly, Mike's not my number two. Oh, I mean, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they out here. Hide your wives. <laughs> so, uh, the way how this is going to work, I'm going to give my bottom five. Steve's going to give his bottom five. We're going to talk about it. We're going to see why we rank the players, where we rank them. And then we're going to go from there. I'll do 6 through 10. He'll do 6 from 10. Then when we get into the top five, we'll go fives, fours, threes, twos. And then there we go. So at number 15, I have Vince Carter. I have Earl Monroe. I've got Manu Ginobili. I've got Reggie Miller. And I've got Clay Thompson. So. Okay. That's we got Reggie low. Oh, uh, I know, I I know. We we've talked about this. You so, have Reggie a lot higher than that one. So should we punt this one for a little bit further down the list, knowing that we'll debate Reggie at one point or another? Yeah, we, we can punt that. Okay, one. so we're gonna punt on Reggie. How do you feel about the rest of my list? Um, it's okay. My list is just so different. So you got Vince at fifteen. I've got Vince at eleven. Okay, it's still within the same sphere. Yeah, so my, my, my 15, I got Kyle Korver. 14, I got Alvin Robertson. 13, Manu. 12, Clay Thompson. Vince Carter at 11. Earl Monroe, 10. Okay, so you gave one extra. Okay. Yeah, you gave six. Well, I just had to let everybody know Earl Monroe, Earl Monroe was in top 10 because it's Earl Monroe. Okay, I mean, sure. Uh, I guess I guess we definitively agree on Manu. Manu's properly ranked according to both of us at thirteen. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the reason I didn't include Kyle Korver, I probably should have. You know, now he's in my honorables, so thank you. Yeah. By the way, he put Penny Hardaway as an honorable as a shooting guard, even though everybody in the world knows Penny Hardaway is a point I, guard. I, you can clearly see on my paper that I xed out. Look, he just exited out five seconds ago. Yeah, when I wrote Corver. I just want everybody to know that. Okay, fine. This is also the middle things that Digimon's better than Dragon Ball Z. It so, is. So move right along. It is. It's <laughs> the greatest isekai ever, but that's for a whole different podcast. <laughs> you'll find out. It's called the Sage of Comics and Anime. There we go. No, but the thing is, is that. For one mode or the other, when I was thinking about my list, yeah, I took the numbers into consideration, but I do have a statistical argument. I don't. I put Vince Carter a little lower on the list just because I'm never sure if... I don't know how to feel about Vince Carter. Well, here's my thing about Vince. Vince is 11 because his influence impact on the game. He definitely brought a larger fan base to the game. So, I mean, Kyle Korver's at 15 for me because his consistency, he's a great player. But He's he also probably, part of the greatest draft class of all time. That as well. Yeah. Um, and he led the league in three-point percentage on four different occasions. And he averaged 53.6% from three in 09-010, which is a record. He beats the first record. Yeah. 
the airdrop, so that's why. I get that, but then, like, when I'm thinking about this, for some reason, when I think about shooting guards of all time, he just doesn't pop up, and I'm not sure... If that's more of a knock on him, or is it the fact that he's more of a specialist? It's because so he's you a specialist. Ne- yeah, because like you never saw him really put the ball on the deck or do anything else like that. And maybe it's just confirmation bias when I started watching basketball, but I never really viewed that as, you know, like, it's a skill. But like when I looked at other shooting guards, I think that they could do a little bit more. They can do more, but uh, I just like consistency and being consistently great. Even oh, I shooter. get, I yeah. get, I get that, and it also helped that the league changed the way how they fundamentally view the three point shot, well, and therefore yeah. it gave him a larger niche. Gave him a longer career as well. Yeah, um, I put Clay at eleven, just because I feel like for everything that Clay's accomplished, even though a lot of people will say he accomplished that mostly because he played with, argue. Well, I don't... Is it really arguably at this point the greatest shooter of all time? I mean... I, I mean, Durant's still out there. You think you think Curry's not better than Durant in terms of shooting? It's a difficult conversation only because Curry usually shoots from a longer distance, but... Okay, so rather than parsing the Durant hairs... Durant scores from more, par, more points. Parts inside. Okay, of so even line. if we want to split hairs, and let's say Curry's number two or even three or however you wanted to value him on the list, what you would basically say is that Clay had the benefit of playing with maybe one or two on your shooting list, or wherever you wanted to rank Durant and thing. He had the benefit of playing. But it works two. both ways because Clay's probably a top two shooter of all time. So then no, say, I'm just saying that he also got the benefit of playing with these ones. It's not necessarily a knock against him. It's just like, hey, look at who you played with. It helped elevate your game to a different status, and that works. I got Clay at 12. Not much different. Uh, mm-hmm. We already talked. I put Reggie there, but as I said before, it's also when I started watching basketball. Right. I didn't watch... A lot of 90s basketball as much as most other people have so when we talk about these things like I remember some vague things but growing up in an older house with grandparents with godparents that were not sports people Mm. you only got to see some of the big games so there was no Super Bowls there was no Sunday football or anything else like that like unless it was the finals or something else like that it wasn't on TV so a lot of this is just the fact of what I've seen right and how I perceive the player but I kind of like that. I mean, I, I think the thing about Clay being at 12 for me is I just automatically assume he's going to end up higher on the list eventually by the end of his career. That's the reason why I also put him... I actually wanted to move him higher up the list because I'm projecting further out where his career is going to go. And it's an ACL injury, which... That's my thing. Everybody, That's why I didn't... I, I thought I will put him in the top 10, but I was like, I have no idea how he's going to come back and play. Even if he doesn't come back and play to the same level of there with the way how ACL surgeries go the rehab and everything else like that that players go through now, ACLs are more or less considered just like a long-term knee scope. As good as technology's gotten with repairing the body and stuff like that. So I'm assuming even if he lost some athleticism, he still has his shooting. I have him at 12 behind Vince, right? So my thing is like, with ACL, even if he's a great shooter, is he ever going to break 25,000 career points like Vince has? That's what I mean. Like People I have above him, they're either... More cons- they have a, a consistent career or their impact on the game is bigger. So with the ACL is just like he'll still be a good player. 
I don't know if he's going to be an all-star player. It's an ACL. I kind of feel like he's done enough in my mind, even without the career points, because when you look at it, Vince Carter is your prime compiler. There's a lot of stats there that are very hollow because... I don't know if they're hollow. They don't. They don't. They didn't necessarily translate to wins after a certain point in his career. But he was there, and he was just slowly climbing up the leaderboard because he's played what twenty-two seasons now. Yeah, but half of those seasons he was almost on a playoff team. Right, right but when you're saying that you're only at twenty-five, and what I'm saying is, is that if it, it's the same argument that I have with aforementioned player that's going to come up later on. But if you were supposed to cut out the last five years of his career. Does that generally impact how you view the player based upon what they accomplish? Well, I guess it's how you look at things. Because I would never cut off the last five years of anybody's career because I think it's something to be said I for. Could, I could easily cut off the last five years of a lot of players' careers, and it doesn't necessarily impact where I put them because, to me, points scored is a nice accomplishment. But also at the same point, it's like that's also more longevity. Right, but I, but like, like I said, consistent. I. I value consistency and longevity very high. Especially when we're talking about professional sports. That means you took the time and you work on your body and conditioning to put yourself in a position to do that. There's also, and there's I also, value that. I value that highly. There's also a level of genetics that goes into that that you can't control. Well, like, look NBA at, players. No, but look at Michael Porter. <laughs> He's obviously not a shooting guard, but look at Michael Porter Jr. His entire family all suffers from knee, back, and ACL problems. That's that's genetic out over there. Like, there's not much that you can hey, do to that, that to kind of stop. That, that ain't LeBron's fault. Right, but guess what? <laughs> LeBron James, look, you can make the case, but the problem with, you can't necessarily make that case with LeBron James because they're hollow. You can't make that case because he's done nothing but consistently win and be in the playoffs his entire career. So those wins, so those points, those assists, those other things translate to more wins. And the reason why I look at Vince and I kind of go like, I'm not sure where your career is because well, you just played so long. Well, but I think that there's value in being a great teammate and being a veteran leader. And people will talk like, about Vince being on the team. I understand. And like when you played against Harry, you saw when he played against Harry, Harry Giles and Harry Giles hooks him. And he and Vince gets mad, and Harry Giles is like, "You taught me how to hook somebody underneath the rim, and I get caught by the ref." There's value in that. No, I understand. Look, I understand that. I That's totally what I'm do. And what it's a I'm great story. Is, one of his career, <laughs> no, but one of his career things is that oh yeah, he eclipsed this amount of points for his career. My thing is, you couldn't have been that assistant coach. You couldn't have been that person that taught them. You're you're, you're always going to be somebody's vet. Well, just and because yeah, you're, you're not a great player to... doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. No, but what I'm I saying don't is Kobe that... coach anybody. No, of course not. But what I'm saying, <laughs> he needs to stay away from Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, he he's taking some long uncontested. He's taking some long contested twos. You need to stop. All right, tell him move two feet back, or he moves three feet forward. Uh, I don't like what Mike, I don't that. like what Mike is doing with the Hornets. Uh-uh, no. He sucks at it. <laughs> so, I don't know. No, but my thing is, is that... Oh, shit. I mean, look at Joe Dumars and Billy King. Yeah. Yeah, like, you see what I'm saying? <sighs> well, what I'm saying is just that when you make the when you make the point and you go like, oh, yeah, he hit 25,000 career points and everything else like that, the question for me is, hey, what did that necessarily have on his career? Like, is that like... I get it, it's a milestone, but when did he accomplish it? Like, he's just been playing for such a long time. Like, I feel like the last meaningful basketball that he played was that 
Maverick series against the uh, against the uh, the Spurs with mm. Jawan Blair, and they barely missed beating them that year. Jawan Blair, but yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. There's a J there, but whatever. But at the same point, it's like you missed it out on that one, and I'm just saying, like that's that's the last time I felt that Vince Carter was like a relevant figure in terms of winning inside the league for like his stats to truly go like okay he's not just playing for a long time I guess just we just have a fundamental different view on the end of people's careers and then I, and yeah. I think that that's always going to be a thing on our list yeah because what, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that you take away the last five years of Vince's career yeah he doesn't become the player that played the longest with any team whatever but I don't think that necessarily moves him further up my list nor does it move him any further down my list he's still a top 15 guard a two guard of all time, and that's not changing. I don't think that that necessarily matters that much. Matters to me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there we go. So, do you want to give your top? You want to give uh, okay, so ten through I, six? Yeah. So I already gave him Earl Monroe because he's Earl Pearl Monroe at number ten. Uh huh. T Mac at number nine. Mm-hmm. Clyde Drexler at number eight. Okay. George Gervin at number seven. Ooh. Ray Allen at number six. Okay. So there's two things out over there because you got Gervin there. You got Gervin at seven, yeah. All right, so I have Harden at seven, mm-hmm. and I also have Pistol Pete. So I have Pistol Pete. I've got Tracy McGrady. Mm-hmm. I've got Clyde Drexler. So we agree there. Yeah, you eight. have Gervin. Mm-hmm. I have Harden, mm-hmm. and I have Ray Allen at six. Okay. Well, I've got Harden at five. Okay, that's that's why there's not that big there's not that big of a gap between there because I have George Gorvin at five. So outside oh, okay. of that, that's not it's it's not too extreme there. I just put him further down. So I put five, him, six, seven, eight for us are basically interchangeable. Yeah, uh, I put Pistol Pete there because at nine, right? At ten. At ten. So who, wait, so who's your nine? Nine is T Mac. Oh, so oh, so we got nine and eight the same. Yeah. So basically, we got five, six, seven, eight, nine basically interchangeable. Because we both, you got Clyde Dresser at eight. Yeah, we both have him at eight. And we both got T Mac at nine. Yeah. Oh, so. So we have five through seven interchangeable where we can argue. Yeah, we both got Ray Allen at six. Yeah. I put Pistol Pete on there just because the man was phenomenal. Um, Once again, I don't. This is going to come up when we talk about small fours eventually. And this is actually, this is actually be a point for you later on. But I don't like necessarily counting how short the career was in terms of what you were accomplishing. And if we're looking at all time, I know we just talk about the NBA, but I also like to look at what these players accomplished in college and things like that, and I think those things matter. Well, yeah, that's why I got Earl Monroe at number 10 because of what he did in Winston-Salem. Right. He averaged 41.5 points a game as a senior. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a beast. And that's also the time when freshmen didn't play. And he had a 56-point game as... A rookie, his rookie season playing for the Baltimore Bullets. We should at one point or another talk about whether college is the right mode for players and how they develop. Did the game necessarily get better because guys were jumping straight out of high school? Or was it the fact that people just really drafted seniors and stuff like that in college to play professional? Did that make the game better or not? I don't know. I mean... that's, it's an interesting point, but it's probably going to totally derail the the pot if we go there. I, I, the only thing I would say really quickly about that is just 
it's about development and some people probably develop better in the NBA and some people probably develop better in the college environment and there's no fucking way to tell who's going to develop best where right that's that's why it's such a loaded question I mean there's also there's also a lot of history that you could go with with a lot of the great great players of all time have had some level of college in there it's more it's easier to pull the guys that didn't do it that didn't go to college at all than it is to pull all the people that went to college and had some modicum of success there and then look at it well I, I as someone who loves college basketball, there's a lot of guys who went to college who didn't become what we thought they were going to become. Of course. But, I mean... That's but I also I'm think that's, about. like, the first weeding, weeding ground out over there. Like, I find a way to weed you out. Because, yeah, you may just be more physically developed. But it's one of the reasons why, like, when you look at Pistol Pete's career, I think that maybe he... I think he greatly would have benefited from a three-point line. Because when you look at oh, a lot of, of his highlights... And where he's shooting on the court... He's probably one of the best shooters of all time. I... Look, he's Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Like, before Del Curry. Before a lot of different Currys. (laughs) 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 But, I mean, look look at him. And then think about how he would play if he was in today's game. Like, it's... He's one of my favorite players of all time. But his career was kind of short. And he... So... The thing about Grant Hill, because I know he's on your small forward list, is that he, Pistol Pete, he was he didn't really contend like that in the playoffs like Grant Hill did. That's my thing. Okay, I could give I could give you that. We can if, look if, at that. If, if he was competing at a higher level in the playoffs, I'd be like, yeah. But Grant Hill was like, you know what I mean? Like with those Pistons teams were pretty good. Yeah, and I, the reason why I put him there is because I feel like he also doesn't get enough credit, or I feel like he's slowly being forgotten for all the great that he accomplished because he definitely could have had a better college career if he had decided to go to one of the powerhouses but he decided to play for his dad yeah that's true like if he he goes to he goes to UCLA or something else like that about that time yeah I think his career is on a total different trajectory because he not only would he have played with other great players he would have put up the points you would have been fine with him shooting and then you're playing with other great players. So maybe he wouldn't have had the individual accomplishments in terms of points scored and everything else like that. But he definitely would have maybe gotten some more hardware. Out of, I think he would have gotten more hardware. And he goes into the league, he probably gets on a better team. True. Therefore, his entire career could have been totally different depending on where else he played. Because well, yes. you, you said about a lot of players, but yeah, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Like, so, like, when I look at it, I kind of go, like, yo, look at the talent that that man had. And you could literally put him in any era of basketball, and you could say, yo, like, this guy would have hooped it up in any era of basketball because where he's shooting from is not fundamentally different than where guys are shooting from now. And look at the stats that he put up when every bucket only counted as two. It was foolish for him to take shots that far out. Because as we know now, percentage-wise, it just doesn't ma- it just doesn't matter as much. Like it, it it's worse percentage shots. Technically, the further are you away from the hoop until you hit a certain sweet spot. Right. Once you get there, but they weren't thinking about basketball in those terms back then. Yeah, everything was getting closer to the basket as possible. That's the reason why you funneled everything through the big man. Yeah. But that's the reason why he made my top ten. I'm totally okay with T Mac. T Mac's another one of those guys that I say I wish he hadn't gotten injured. As much as he did. Um, Again, another one of my favorite players of all time. I think, you know, there's also Brandon Roy. Yeah, he's probably like an honorable mention. 
Brandon Roy is an honorable mention. I have Gail Goodrich on my honorable mentions list. Okay. And Joe Dumars. I have Joe Dumars. And Mitch Richmond, but like he's empty stats. When you talk about empty stats, I wouldn't put Vince. I will put Mitch Richmond's empty stats. Okay. That's it like I put John Starks <laughs> just because New York? Yeah. And because he dunked over Jordan? No, it had nothing to do with that. It's just like, damn it, Starks! <laughs> Two for eighteen! Two for eighteen! <laughs> damn you, Pat Riley. You sharply dressed man. <laughs> Sharply dressed man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the horrible record with T Mac was the fact that he was just never out of the first round of the playoffs until until he played in the finals with the Spurs that year. Well, he had the bad luck of the whole Tim Duncan debacle of Tim Duncan not getting to Orlando like he was supposed to, and then Grant Hill never actually being healthy in yeah. Orlando, which is out of anybody else's control. That was, that. once again, that's a series of unfortunate events. And, and, uh, and also sad. And also bad sports medicine and bad sports practices of the 90s era. Yeah. Of tough it out and play on an injury. So, that doesn't make any sense. Which would never, ever happen today, ever. No one would ever put their potential Hall of Fame swing player right now and be like, yeah, go play on that broke ankle that's bleeding through the sock, as they did Grant Hill. That would just never happen. As we've seen with Kawhi, then he just didn't play. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Times are so different. You know what? There was actually a funny thing. I thought that you were going to bring up, um, I thought you were literally going to bring up, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Durant. And you're like, no medical staff, or no team, <laughs> or anything else like that would have somebody play on something. <laughs> I you know, have, yeah. I, I, that's where I thought you were going, because I was just like, oh, he's cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> And then when you were like bloody ankle, I was just like, why we got why we got to talk about that? Oh yeah, Grant Hill. Yeah, there also should we also I know that you're not the biggest one, but when Duke versus North Carolina plays, we need to talk about some of our greatest moments in that rivalry. Because I will say there is a curse of Duke players that I'm not happy with, but I'm glad no, I've said that for lucky. I, I've said that for years. There is like a Duke curse. There or is. Like that. There it, is it, it's a weird fucking curse. It, it's like they have they recruit all these all especially during the '90s, all these and early 2000s. These, they recruit all these top flight guys. They have good to great to Hall of Fame college careers, and they go to the NBA and just don't work out. From Elton Brand to Jason Williams, Grant Hill, Christian Later to think, Hurley, to Bobby Hurley. Christian Later is not what we thought he was going to be. Jason Williams. Oh. Yeah. Two guys that you know what? Two. This is what they should have on the recruitment thing for Duke. Stay the fuck away from motorcycles. <laughs> Just, just stay away. Austin Rivers is not what I thought he was going to be. I mean, he's but, a solid player. But you know what? But he's be, not what I thought he was going to be. To be perfectly be. honest with you, watching him all those games, I didn't think that he was ever going to be what he was, and I don't think it was a matter of where he played. I think it would have masked some things if he had played with a different team, but the problem is that Austin Rivers just wasn't taller I don't think he's taller. I think it's something mental because I think if he was like I think honestly I think if he was like six six, and so he played that just taller. Yeah, I think that makes a difference in how you view him. Well, I, it's like this. So watching him in high school, he was a great shooter, and it seemed like he wasn't. Something happened. Right. That's why I think it's mental. It's like he he was a it was like he was a great shooter in high school from three. Then it seemed like he was good from. But it does move and, further back though. Right, but it's just like. I've never seen that type of drop off. A top five high school player who can shoot the lights out and then gets the college and then shoots average and then she goes to the NBA and shoots 
he might be slightly below average now. No, he's weird. he's more at, he's at average now. I but, think, and when he first got to the league, he wasn't. Yeah, and that's weird because that's the reason why of, he didn't end up working out with New Orleans yeah, with and, Anthony and, Davis because they were just like he you wasn't can't knocking shoot. down shots. Yeah, and that's weird because two of the stats that usually translate are usually like shooting and rebounds. Usually, if you can free throw re- shooting, never really took that big of a hit though. Yeah, but he's not he's not the type of person to attack the basket, so it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, is that in terms of that, the actual, because I was listening to a podcast on The Ringer, and they said the stat that actually correlates the best... Oh, it's free throws. It's free throw shooting more than anything else because... But I'm talking about in terms of, like, what, with him, you would think three-point shooting, right? And But he he's not a slasher, so he's not going to get to the basket like that, so... Right. I, th- I it's, think it's what just, it was... Saying, it's just weird. It might be mental. It might be a system He didn't thing. pull a full faults. That's what he didn't do. He didn't go full faults. <laughs> so <laughs> so now, now it's a thing. It's a faults. It's a thing now. I mean, we could either say that or Royce White, but... Oh, my God. Royce... Well, oh, come on. I told you. I told you. Full circle. Full circle, baby. We'll, okay. we'll keep everything coming back. So, therefore... Uh, so, number seven was George Gervin for you. And I put Harden there. And personally, the reason why I put Harden there is because just the same way how I put Clay, his career is not over, and obviously I would put and him that's higher why I had up. Harden at five, but I mean, he's an MVP. He, someone argue that he should have two MVPs. He should. Some could argue. Some might argue he should have three MVPs. There is the definite case that you could have made that there are he a lot should of people feel like he should have beat Westbrook. There are a lot yeah. of people. That Statistically, think- he was better than Westbrook, and his stats were not. Hollow, hollow rebounding stats that your big man decided to sprint up the court instead of grabbing the rebound because you were in the area. Ladies, Fuck you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the second time we've talked about this in two podcasts. And I just want you to know that Chris is passionate about stat padding. Ladies and I don't like I don't like it. I feel, <laughs> I feel like it cheapens everything. Like you don't you're not actually fighting for those fucking Okay. He's on your top fifteen. Go- Point guards of all time, not mine. Of course. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, I get everything that you're saying about Harden. It's just the fact that. Want to go to the top five then already? We might as well go. I mean, I have Ray Allen at six. I've got Ray Allen at six too. That's why I said we might as well go to top five. Right, okay. We've got Ray Allen at six. <laughs> so your five is. My, my fifth is James Harden. And my fifth is George Gorford. Okay. Uh, number four, I put Jerry West. Number four, I have Reggie Miller. Okay, so we're back to this one. Do, 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 do. <laughs> we got some sound effects in here, people. Who will? Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely need some sound effects. Definitely, definitely need some sound effects. Uh, honestly speaking, for uh, wait, where is Jerry West on your list? I remember I put him on my point guard. Right. List. Okay. That's All why right. he's not on my two guard list. Right. That's why our list is a bit different. Yeah, so for me, the reason why I put Reggie there is because, as I was explaining earlier, I didn't get to watch a lot of 90s basketball the way how everybody else is because I didn't... I grew up in a Guyanese house that just wasn't big into sports any which way. And when I was living in Virginia, my god, my godfather's from Barbados and my godmother, I believe, was from St. Martin. There wasn't a lot of sports in the house. Yeah, Guyanese, you weren't really into basketball like that. Yeah, I know. Sidebar, my girlfriend's Guyanese, so... I mean, I'm half. <laughs> I, claim, I claim it from time to time. <laughs> so, the thing is, is that, like, when you make the case of how great Reggie Miller was, when you're looking at his stats, what he was doing, and everything else like that, I'm like, that's fine and all, but he never resonates. 
to me. And the reason why I feel that way is more or less our Corver debate is because I've always viewed him more as a specialist rather than your do-all shooting guard, which is what a lot of these other guys here on the list have is that there's a duality to a lot of their games that personally I felt that Reggie Miller didn't have. Well, Reggie Miller is more than a solid defender. That's the thing. He's, he's a two-way. He's like a... He's like a a two-way specialist, right? Like, he, he defends the other side of the ball really well, and he's one of the greatest shooters of all time, and for the longest time, he was the second-best shooting guard behind Michael Jordan, which says a lot. Yeah. And he's one of seven players to be in the 50-40-90 club. Is it still seven players at this point? Yeah, I think it's only seven, right? Or is it more? It's got to be more at this point. It's not more than ten. I think there were, like, nine to it or something. Who's Nine unique players, I believe. Yeah. Was, I think it was like that that Miles guy from Portland ended up doing it. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon. He did 54 mm-hmm. and 90? Mm-hmm. And CJ Miles? No, uh, Miles Leonard. Miles Leonard did 54 90? I think he got close. I think it's either he's in there or he would have qualified if he had shot more shots. Hmm. It's one of those two. Right. But I think he I, he's the he's the he's the misnomer on that list. And also, Reggie was the all-time three-point leader until Ray Allen, and of course that person gonna pass him. But he did have the record for some time. I mean, that's I think nearly a decade. That says something. And yeah. What I was gonna say before, because we were starting to have this conversation before, is he doesn't get credit for a lot of the way people play now. When you see guys moving off screens, moving off screens, moving without the ball. Um, taking a three instead of a two, like literally before, literally before Reggie. Uh, that's that's his cat. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> keep talking. I can hear you. Yeah. So, <laughs> pardon the interruption. Yeah. There we go. I told you it's live all the time. So, <laughs> I, I think that's funny. That's character to the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of character. Lots of character. <laughs> so, he doesn't get credit. When you see a lot of guys like Harden and Steph and even Clay, and they're right in front of the three-point line take a step back, Reggie was the guy who fathered that, literally. I mean, you go through the highlights, and he, that, there's something to be said for that. When you see Steph Curry and Clay come off screens like that and guys set those hard screens, Reggie Miller and the Pacers, they, they father that. Right. And so... That's one of the reasons why I have him at four. And again, just I love consistency. He's consistently great, consistently great shooter for. Oh, I believe that he's. I believe all those things too. Like I said before, it's just the fact that I didn't actually start watching basketball until he was well past his prime, and he was basically out of the league. And the only real things that you ever hear about him from most people is how he killed the Knicks. I like using it against my boy Jerome all the time. When he starts getting too cocky in life and he thinks things are going his way, I send him clips of Reggie Miller. Fucking putting up the choke sign to Spike Lee. Hitting all those shots. I like doing that. I like making people humble. And I use Reggie Miller for it. So, you know, I should move Reggie Miller up the list. <laughs> you can also show him those uh, highlights of Michael Jordan putting that double nickel up on the Knicks, too. That's pretty bad. I mean, do you really have to do that for Jordan? It, like, goes without saying. He I mean, busts everybody's ass. 55, though. He busts everybody's ass. 55 on the Knicks in the garden? He busts everybody's ass. Not 55 points. All I'm, all I'm saying is that 
Didn't the Knicks almost get blown out at like halftime where it was like 78 to like 30 against the Mavs one year and like the final score was like 132 to like 70 something? Whew. Yeah. Fuck the Knicks. They're trash. It's factual. Yes. So, I guess for number four, we'll agree to disagree. My case for Jerry West is the fact that he's the logo. And that he, he's Jerry West. He's Jerry West. The, it goes the, without the saying. Even if you Even if you want to try and discount what he's done because of the era that he's in, him as an executive in the league on its own, I think do, puts him... playing, but... Huh? Nothing to do with playing the game, but... I'm just saying, listen. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know what you said earlier about Vince Carter? His impact on the game. His impact on the game but goes Carter's a lot further. impact has to do with him playing. But it goes games. a lot. But guess what? For Jerry West, he's the logo. And his impact goes further because he was one of the main orchestrators behind the Lakers team. And he also helped put together the, the Warriors team. I'm looking at on-court impact. But he's Look, I'm West. talking about overall impact as a basketball player. You put it there, and I still think that there's still to say that he doesn't get into those positions without his career. So part and part, you have to put some level of credit to his executive stuff to the same thing. It's just like, hey, like you got to kind of give you this a little bit. I agree or disagree. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's me not wanting to fight. The, so, I'm, I'm not willing to die on this hill. So let's move to number three, where the controversy begins. Oh, of course. Uh, my third shooting guard of all time is Wade. My third shooting guard of all time is Kobe. Oh, great. So, we knew that this problem was going to come up last week, so our whole thing was prime Kobe versus prime Wade. Who would you take? D-Wade. Clearly, I'm taking Kobe. (laughs) Uh, alright. Now... I've been thinking about this all week, and one of the things that I said was, for Wade, if you want to take Kobe's career, and you want to parse it off, and you kind of say, he didn't start his first two years in the league, he averaged about 11.5 points during those two seasons, I think he started like, what, 17 games or something else, like he started a ridiculously low amount of games. I just think that when we're talking about their prime, that Kobe lasted... Kobe's prime, in my opinion, was a lot longer than Wade's was. I think even if you look at the totality of their career, even if you want to remove the rings that they won in which they clearly were not the best player on their team... Well, D-Wade's first ring, he was the best player on his team. That's the reason why I'm saying you remove the other ones in which... They were the second best player on their team, in which you have. Well, I, I don't. Well, see, I don't want to remove that because that, that's part of my argument. But my argument there is that Kobe would have won two as the best player on his team, while Dwayne Wade only won one as the best player on his team. Kobe then won three with Shaq, and Dwayne Wade won another two with LeBron, who's probably our greatest player of all time. No, he is our greatest player of all yeah. time. So I don't. The reason why I want to remove those two is because it's just like, hey, now you would get into more of an argument of like who was better, Shaq or Co- Shaq or LeBron, and well, no, so, it's weird. So my argument is this: there's something to be able to say say about being able to take a back seat and being a team player. The fact that whatever happened with Kobe 
and he couldn't work it out with Shaq, to me, that's a strike against Kobe. The same way, it, to me, it's a strike against Kyrie that whatever he did in Boston, he did in Boston. I'm big on, you know, being a team light leader, personality, and Kobe is not exactly the best person. No, of course, but he follows more of the MJ mode of being a teammate. There's really not many good reports coming out about MJ and being I, a good and, and, teammate. And, I, and I'm not a fan of that. Right, same here. <laughs> so, but at the same point... D-Wade is a great teammate. But D-Wade was able to lead a team with Shaq coming in, lead that team win a championship, right. and then have LeBron come in and be humble enough, still be a great player... But be like, oh, I can take a back seat and let my man come in there and be great. See, the reason why I look at that one... And I look at that as a plus. I get get that. I get that. But that's not enough for me to elevate him over that one because it was clear as day to everyone that LeBron James was the better player. There's no question about that. And it's clear as day that Kobe... It's clear as day with Kobe that there are times that he should pass the ball and not take terrible shots and he continues to do it. I understand that. And that goes into... No, and guess what? That's a a knock against him. But what I am saying is, is that you can make the fundamental case that Shaq's and Kobe's issues ran deeper than just basketball. It's a philosophical approach to the game. In which Shaq even admitted his own fault at the fact that he wasn't as dedicated to basketball as much anymore. And things like that. But then at the same point, you can argue and say after a certain point, it probably made more sense for Kobe to be featured as the best player with Shaq there. And that's when egos start to get into it. That issue wasn't just Kobe. That issue is Kobe and Shaq. It's not not just Kobe. It is Kobe and Shaq. But at the same time... And if you're going to be a leader on a team, it's on you to work it out. Not and the to thing have is, somebody, not to guess get rid what? Of somebody. Dwayne Wade also got to play with his best friend, his brother in the, in basketball. The guy that Dwayne Wade says he doesn't like fish. And if LeBron James orders him fish and Gabrielle Union, his wife who eats his ass. <laughs> 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 and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, that is another reason why Dwayne Wade's better than Kobe. I'm not. We're not. We're not condoning. We're not. We're not condoning ass eating out here. I'm, we're I'm, not putting that I'm, message I'm out there in the streets. That. I'm just saying. Okay, I just. I'm just saying. Gabrielle Union is hotter than Kobe. Gabrielle Union is hotter than Kobe's wife. Listen, man, you got to say something about a chick that stay faithful to you when you get accused of rape. But she was cheating too. I said she stayed faithful. She definitely could have left. But she was cheating too. So I get it. Know. I get it. I get it. We we ain't gonna talk about. We don't want to talk about the fact that Kobe's wife got into that accident in that Bentley in the middle of L.A. and some dude ran out of the Bentley in the driver's seat and she acted like she didn't know who that dude was when we all know that was her side nigga. But whatever, that's a whole nother story. Hey. <laughs> and Kobe also is number three because he a snitch. Because Kobe like the pillow talk and be like, oh yeah, Shaq be fucking hoes too, babe. It's not just me. And then he turned around and did it again to Paul Gasol. You can't be no top two shooting guy snitching like that on your peoples. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah I brought it up. Faithful black man. Defend that. Huh? Defend that. He's a, he's a, he's a founding member. Why he's snitching other people? He's a founding member of Black Men Don't Cheat. Wait, what? He's a founding member of Black Men huh? Don't Cheat. After he got caught up, my man turned his life away. What did I do with He started listening to Duval. He told everybody, turn your life around. Be like me. Why Be you start snitching now? Huh? Why you dropping dimes? Yeah, because that's what he did. Why you dropping dimes, Listen, though? man, he not out here getting his ass ate, okay? Why you dropping dimes? Of course he's not. He's snitching. Okay. He gonna tell everybody. I'm gonna let him tell. 
<laughs> it's the same thing that I had with Nick Young versus D'Angelo Russell. I'm like, why y'all giving D'Angelo a hard time with Nick Young out here creeping on his chick? When 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 did you people when did you people all of a sudden go like, oh yeah, cheating's fine now, right? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Cheating is a part of life. Yeah, okay. It's time for some people to grow up. All right, if you say so. It's facts. No, sorry, ha- hashtag black men don't cheat. Yeah, right. sound effect. <laughs> nah, but the thing is, is that Dwayne Wade got to play with his best friend that he knew was better than him. So therefore, there's a different level that you're walking in there, and, and guess what? You're Kobe saying. ain't got no friends in the league, and that's just a lot about his character. Guess what? It, Kobe standoffish. I don't blame him. Does Jordan have friends in the league? Yeah, he's friends with the dream team guys. Jordan, not. Jordan, Jordan Charles, Charles Barkley said that Jordan wouldn't respond to his text messages anymore after he told him about Adam Morrison. Well, he's a competitive guy. Yeah, okay. Now, okay, yeah, all right. He's cool. a competitive He's not uh-huh. competitive? Okay, no, no. I mean, Kobe was on the Redeem teams. I mean, they're not out, they're not out there, they're not out there ki- shaking hands and kissing babies and shit like that together. But, but the first Dream Team was. Yeah, because they didn't want Isaiah, he didn't want Isaiah on the team. Well, bitch. Anyway, <laughs> and guess who probably wouldn't have made it on that team? Well, Stockton. But whatever. here's my other argument, though. Shooting guards with the top three PR of all time are Mike, D. Wade, and then T. Mac. Kobe ain't up there. Okay, it's Mike for his eighty-seven, eighty-eight season and his ninety-ninety-one season. Mm-hmm. D. Wade for his oh eight, oh nine season, and T. Mac. For his 0203 season. Okay. They have shooting guards that have the best PER of all time. Kobe okay. Up there. But D-Wade is. Alright. D-Wade got the third best PER of all time shooting guards. That says something. Yeah. And that's he's, third on, he's third on the list. And that's 0809. <laughs> he's third on the list. It's fine. Guess what? Kobe ain't second T-Mac, or third on T-Mac is ninth. So what are we trying to say? I'm, I'm just saying, like what, 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 what I'm that's, to say, a ni- that's a nice what, stat to throw out. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, and I said this before, and I he's say more it again, efficient. Yeah, he's he's far more efficient. What I'm trying to say is, people will be upset about this too, and I said it before, and I say it again. He's the if best T, bad shot maker. If, if T Mac was healthy his whole career, he would have better numbers than Kobe. And when T Mac was in his prime, he was better than Kobe. And I stand on that mountain, and I'm die on it. And I'll agree with you. He did more. He did more to affect winning on his teams, but for some reason he can okay, never get out the first so round. So not for you. I'm gonna say it to the Kobe fans out there in the back. Prime T Mac is better than Prime Kobe, and so is Prime D Wade. And I'm gonna stand on that mountain, and I'm gonna die on that mountain, uh, and I'm gonna yell you're wrong. to God on that mountain. You're wrong in terms of Wade. That's fine. You're. you're it's okay for you to be wrong. It's okay. But I'm right. Yeah. Wade got the better wife. His team got the better jerseys. Something iconic about the purple and gold, man. Some shit, but then they mess it up by making those white jerseys trash. Yeah, but guess what? Not everybody's perfect. Those Miami Vice jerseys are fire. Those Miami Vice jerseys are fire. Better than any Lakers jersey. You think the blue and white ones? The blue and white ones? Which ones? Wait, wait, wait. The old school throwback ones? Yeah. Those are kind of fire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those Thank are kind of fire. Let me put a check on that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Minneapolis Lakers colors, those are kind of fire. Thank you. Those are kind of fire. 
I, I still don't understand why they're called the Los Angeles Lakers. There's no lakes in Los Angeles, but I know for many. It's a weird thing they with NBA change, teams. They don't what? change the name. Change, change your fucking There's name. There's no jazz in Utah, no lakes in LA. Well, we don't know that. There might be a jazz band in Utah. We don't know. Yeah. There's got to be a jazz club somewhere. Right. Mormon Central? Yeah. They, they got to they gotta have something. All I'm going to say is, yeah. Okay. Blueface, baby. Yeah, all right. Also, honor, honorable mention for a couple years from now, and I think this isn't... I think this isn't a stretch there. I'm gonna put Donovan Mitchell up there because I think the young man has a lot of potential. I think he might he might break top twenty all time depending on which way his career goes. Yeah, I'm not sure if he wins with that team. For Utah? Yeah, I'm not sure if they ever win with that team. I think he probably ends up leaving and winning. If he won, if he does win, he's end up leaving. He's gonna be one of those guys else. that leaves after seven years or something else like that. And, yeah, and then goes like, "Yo, guys, like, I'm. It's been nice. It's been real, but I'm going somewhere else." And yeah, I don't think a piece there. I, I just don't think that they're gonna bring anybody else in. Yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, it's for Kobe. It was the regular season MVP, in which we can argue that he technically should have had two, but it was the novelty act. Um, 15-time All-NBA, 9-time All-Defense, a 2-time scoring leader to Dwayne Wade's 3-time All-Defense, and he only led the league in scoring once. I think a big thing about Dwayne is the fact that he also got injured at one point or another throughout his career, which is, while I don't necessarily want to put that on a knock on it, what I was looking at is... Basically, the difference between their points is almost... The difference between four years in which Kobe played for 20, Dwayne Wade played for 16, right. is about 10,000 points. Dwayne Wade would then have to average his highest scoring average of 30.3 points for four years to match the same amount of years played and points scored to catch up to Kobe. And I don't think that there was ever a part that he could do that. I think that if LeBron never could handle Miami, he would have. Because he he kind of spoke about it before. He's like, when I led the league in scoring, he said it was great. But then I realized I wasn't winning and I wanted to win. Right. He even said, he was like, I could do that again. But I knew I wouldn't win on a team by myself. So I think had LeBron not come and maybe he felt like he wasn't going to win a championship, I think we could have saw D-Wade pull the Kobe. I think we could have saw... A four-year run of him averaging, but then that also points. severely drops, and I think that also severely drops his efficiency because the thing that I will give well, up uh, to uh, Wade, well, of course, in that does. one is that he shot forty-eight percent over the course of his career to Kobe's forty-four percent. So, well, 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 here's the thing: it does drop his efficiency some, but then it's also the fact that they shoot different shots. Yeah, so Kobe transitioned more to jump shooting. Yeah. Which would preserve his body and, and Wade, Wade always would crash. Uh, yeah, he always tagged the basket. Even the last season, he was still not as physical, but throwing up That's floaters. one of the reasons why I don't think he ever would have caught up to him in that regards because I feel like there's too much damage, there's too much wear and tear there for you to kind of say... he may have got another injury or something on the way? Yeah, I just... That's a possibility. He always just... See, he's one of those players, which is the same thing that you looked at Derrick Rose and stuff like that. And I know what you said about him stretching and things like that, but... Well, Chicago that, players play a physical style of basketball. Yeah, and the thing with that one is that you open and you expose yourself and to so much more. And when you're that size, more. that's considered smaller in the NBA. Exactly. They and say D-Way 6'5". I think he's really 6'4". He's just uber athletic. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I just think that you just leave yourself up to so much more damage and stuff like that. Just crashing in there time and time again. He never really... 
if Dwayne Wade had a solid 18-foot jump shot or just something that you can look at, because the thing for Dwayne Wade is the other stat that ran bonkers to me is that he shot 29% from the three for his entire career. Oh, yeah, he's a terrible three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, Kobe's not better, but you also look at it during midway part of his career, the league changed to right. more shooting threes than not when that happened much earlier in Dwayne Wade's career. He just never got really good at it. Well, I mean, nobody from that era really got good at it. I mean, even Melo, even though Melo's a good three-point shooter, even when recently he was in Houston, they struggled to get him to step back and shoot the three. It's just one of those things. Which was another thing that I argue, well, we'll argue about this next week because Melo did make my top 15, but it's also at the same point where it's just like, hey, I, I like your I like your stats, but I argue he's another one of those hollow stat guys because I'm not sure how much of his points and stuff like that necessarily translated to would, genuine winning. I would say he's hollow stats guy only because he was very competitive in Denver, right? They went to the Western Conference Finals, and I guess when he was in the Knicks, he pulled the T Mac, right? He did first round exits, so I wouldn't say again. I wouldn't say he didn't hollow. even make the playoffs. I believe like one, one year only one year, like yeah. yeah. But I would say that's hollow. It's just the thing with Melo is, of course, we both agree. This is the thing. We both agree on a lot. We both agree that, like, he good at the team. He made stupid decisions. But at the same time, his general manager and his owner are garbage. So it's like he did that, but they allowed it. And then once they did it, they did nothing to fix it. So I it's think like, it's because they were also ham. I think part and parcel that was a. Oh, they were definitely hamstrung. Right, it's just like a, a better organization would have there's, been there's able gonna to be, make better gonna be adjustments. Ca- there's going to be a case I make next week that if Melo had somehow had the Nets front's office with the way how they kind of recovered from the whole uh, Boston thing, that there are ways in order to rebuild your franchise that the Knicks just never took advantage of. Right, in That's a positive what I was manner. In order to try and do that. But it's not like they never tried to make moves. It was just the fact that all their moves just seemed really dumb. Like getting Andres Bargnani or, you know, like not trading for Kyle Lowry when you had the opportunity to. And just not. And then also, you know, before we get off. Before we go on. Also allowing, with the whole Jeremy Lin thing, allowing Melo to come in and then having Jeremy Lin not. Played his full potential. It was like a lot of stuff. I think that, that I think that severely killed Jeremy Lin's career, his place in league. No, do I think that he was good enough in order to play that way long term when Mario Chalmers and these guys were looking to lock him down? No, but I do think that there was a way in order to make that work that you could have found a dynamic there and you could have built with guys and end up putting them around them and you could have done a lot more with that situation with, when it comes to Melo. But yeah, that's for next week. Um, honestly speaking, even career stat wise, it's almost it's kind of a wash. I mean, Kobe did score more points, but yet he's also higher up on a all time leading scorer. So it's like it makes sense. Kobe scored twenty five. He averaged five point two rebounds, uh, four point seven assists. Which actually, for as much as we shit on him for not passing the ball as much and taking as bad shots as it is, you probably you also would probably take a lot of bad shots. If you had Smush Parker and Ajima Mabai on yeah, your team, but a lot of people don't want to play with Kobe. 
I, I the get same thing with Iverson. A lot of people don't want to play with them. I, I get that, but it's also just like when you looked at the talent that they were able to field around him. I'm sorry, Jordan Farmar never lit it up in the league or anything else like that. So but it's like partially that's their fault. And that, no, and and I get that, and I and I understand that because there's a lot of talks that Jerry West, uh, Jerry Buss before he died, was telling them in order to go get Lowry because he saw something special in the kid and that he could play, and he was telling them to actually get a lot of players. That developed into all stars uh, and yeah. stuff like that in the league. Or fringe all stars, yeah. Yeah, and it just so happened that the team, like, they didn't see what the dads saw. And that's one of the reasons why it's taken them so long in order to properly rebuild because they don't have the same eye for talent that the dad has. And then when you get rid of Jerry West. They don't have the same eye for talent. They don't. But then when you get no, rid of Jerry saying, West. That's, that's an understatement. They don't have any eye for talent. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Phil, even Phil. I mean, even Phil and the rest of them. They were just like there were talks that people didn't want to take Porzingis, and I'm just like, how did you let Porzingis walk in there? You saw everything that he could do on the court, and you took Russell, and I'm just like, but you were planning on pursuing guards anyway, like in the off season. So like, why would I then take? But it doesn't look so bad now. DeAndre Russell's pretty. He's all right. Yeah, he's not. He's not Porzingis. And this isn't even my. Know what this is isn't here. my. Okay, so. It took D'Angelo Russell how many years to make an All Star game when it took Porzingis a lot shorter of a time there. I mean, honestly, I like D'Angelo Russell better. I I actually do like Porzingis a little bit more than I do like Russell. I mean, I can tell. Plus, plus with the Mavericks too. No, and no, and I mean, no. Outside of that, because my man is Luca. Outside of that, what I'm saying is that even when he was on the Knicks, I actually did like Porzingis a lot. He's cool. I got to see more. Okay. Well, we'll get that this season. Why not? We'll see. Uh, I think D'Angelo Russell's going to have a better season. I'm just throwing it out there. That's another thing to look forward to. We're going to keep track of who has a better season, D'Angelo Russell or Porzingis. That's something else to anybody pick up this podcast, follow along with us. Okay. Who has a better season, Przingis or, or sure? Or, so, do you have any Russell. honorable mentions you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? Um, nothing. I said mine. I mean, uh, Mitch Richmond, but hollow stats. You know, he put up great numbers. He never. He literally like almost never competed. Right. I mean, run TMC. That was it. They made the playoffs a couple times. Nothing big. He played Sacramento. Never competed at all. Didn't finish it. Then the Wizards. Nothing. Like no. It's just, it doesn't make a difference. Um, Joe Dumars. Great two-way player, play with Isaiah, you know, Gail Goodrich and Pistol Pete is my honorable mention. Okay, so I got Joe Dumars, I got John Starks because I always find it funny. <laughs> um, I put Byron Scott on there, Byron Scott. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like I liked him. Um, I brought I uh, put on uh rest in peace uh Drag- Drazan Petrovic. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I think he was one of those guys that had he played for a little bit longer. And stuff like that. He definitely would have been a lot higher up on there. He was one of those guys that you could see that he could have made a name. He was making a name for himself in the league, and unfortunately, he he passed away far too young in order for him to have true lasting success there. Also, a great basketball jersey. That old Nets jersey is dope. Yeah. Um, I put Kyle Korver because he didn't make my top 15, and I said Brandon Roy is one of those guys that you wish didn't get injured. Yeah, I almost forgot about Brandon Roy, but he, he was on fire when he was in the league. He lived the league on fire. Yeah, like, he, Brandon Roy was really nice. It's just the fact that he suffered from that poor genetics thing, and that's basically what happened to him, and there you go. You fuck up your knees. That's it. Man, 
That's all I got to say. Damn, that was a somber note to go, kind of go out there, man. I mean, you me. always do it. You go Brandon Roy. Last week it was Royce White and somebody yeah, else. Yeah, but look at how it turned out for Royce White. He talking about smacking people for not holding Carmelo's jockstrap. <laughs> Full circle, people. Hot damn. Thank you for listening to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Once again, my name is Chris. And Yo, this, this is your boy Steve. And thank you for listening.